as we rest in the silence, we remember that there is only one. The all in all as all. And that this presence is loving. And not only loving, but is love itself. God loves everyone and everything. And the beauty is that you are already worthy. You are inherently divine. And as we accept this love, we accept the good that comes with it. We realize that the universe is pulling for us. That we are given everything we need to become our best. And as we serve and as we make the best use of our talents and treasure and time in this world, the good comes back to us. As we are called to our passion, we realize that it nourishes us more than we ever dreamed. Thankful for this realization, thankful for Reverend Diana, for Mystic Heart, for this community of friends and family. Knowing that we get to be here. I simply rest in this place of gratitude and thanksgiving. I release my prayer knowing it is already so and already done. And together we say, and so it is. Amen. Thank you. I'm going to get Caleb up here sooner or later. I know. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. So good to have you here with us in the space and here online. If you're new with us online this morning, my name is Reverend Diana Johnson, pastor and spiritual director for Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. We are an independent interfaith community, and we teach practical spirituality and universal principles. So I welcome you home to our family, to our spiritual community, and I welcome you home to the guidance and wisdom of your own mystic heart. So we begin our Teze meditation this morning by joining our voices in song, and I thank you, Dalton, for being here to lead our music today. I'm reliably informed that you all know these two. 
I know it's a meditative service, but uh, singing is a form of meditation. And in the words of Arlo Guthrie, you want to end war and stuff, you got to sing loud. <laughs> Welcome home. 
So this month we're using the breath to sense our connection with all that is. So I invite us to breathe in together, feeling the coolness at the tip of the nostrils as you do, following the breath as it moves up through the mind, down the throat, and into the heart. Letting it pause there and expanding the heart. And then allowing it to move through the heart and out. Sending the love and sending it out. Remembering that the breath connects us to our fellow humans and to all other creatures. We share the same life-giving air. The breath connects us to the plants we inhale what they have given and we exhale what they need to create oxygen and food in return. And the cycle continues. Breath is life. Life is breath. There are no barriers. There is nothing to separate us from life. Each of us is a life in process. Every creature, every plant and rock and grain of sand, every drop of water in this life-giving rain, in the lakes and the streams and the oceans. All that exists, no matter how large or small, is an intricate and irreplaceable part of the one life. All dancing together in this cosmic mystery Take a moment to breathe in that sense of connection with all that is. Breathing in, I receive the life that connects all beings, all things, all of creation. And breathing out, I give back to life. As human expressions, we're given the ability to make choices. And so our responsibility is to make them wisely, to care for our brothers and sisters, human and otherwise to care for the Sacred Mother as she gives of her nourishment, 
to make an honorable and noble contribution to life itself, doing no harm and aiding in the transformation that is happening in our world. We are experiencing a silent awakening and by our conscious participation we are moving with the flow of life. We move into the contemplation of signs and wonders. The presence of signs and wonders is a common theme throughout the spiritual traditions of the world. During Greek and Roman times, miracles played a major part in religion. The intervention of the gods in the affairs of humans. There were miraculous cures, voices, dreams, virgin births and resurrections, to name a few. In Buddhism, the Buddha was attributed with the powers of appearing and disappearing at will, moving unhindered through walls, diving in and out of the earth as if it were water, walking on water as if on earth, and seated cross-legged, traveling <coughs> through the sky like a winged bird. In Judaism, miracles are taken for granted. God does wondrous things without number. He creates the earth and everything on it in seven days. There is Moses and the burning bush that burns and is not consumed. There is the parting of the Red Sea, the great flood, and the sending of the locusts. And in New Testament accounts, Jesus is said to have raised the dead, healed the sick, cast out demons, multiplied loaves and fishes, and turned water into wine, among other things. Our stories have purpose and are meant to instruct but they might lead us to believe that signs and wonders are no more, that they are in our past, or that they were part of our mythology and might never have been true at all. From these stories, we might get the sense that signs and wonders are always big, obvious, and seemingly impossible feats and occurrences. What if we shifted our perception, accepted that signs and wonders are still happening every day, all the time, in our day-to-day -day lives? What if all that is required is that we notice them, look for them, expect that they are there, The changing of the seasons, the fall with its falling leaves that serve to nourish the tree, the winter with its period of dormancy, quiet and rest, 
the spring with its new life sprouting everywhere we look, and the summer with its bounty. All are signs that the earth is abundant, that spirit is alive and well. The healing of our bodies when they have been wounded, the intelligence that reconnects and strengthens skin and bone, signs that life is resilient, powerful, and constantly working toward wholeness. The mending of our broken hearts when they've suffered loss. Time dimming our memories and soothing the pain so that joy may ultimately return. Signs that love is more powerful than loss and is forever moving us back to itself. And what of the divine urge forever reminding us that there is something much greater than ourselves going on here? The impulse from within that draws us to know and express ourselves more authentically. The calling of deep unto deep, forever leading us home to ourselves. The inner guidance, higher wisdom, intuition or voice of God. The ability to tune in to something beyond what our brain knows, what our perceptions can sense. To feel and know what is right and what is wrong without knowing why. These are all signs and wonders. To notice them, we must be looking for them expecting that they are there. The very act of asking to be shown opens our eyes, our ears, our minds, and our hearts to discovery. Guidance is always present and available. Grace is always present and available. It is our prerogative, our choice, our privilege and blessing to align with it. Signs and wonders abound. Miracles happen every day. Every moment is a miracle. And we are given signs constantly. But we must behold life with awe and wonder to see them. When we do, we find that life is a pageant of miracles, signs, and wonders. Albert Einstein told us, 
There are only two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as if everything were a miracle. Spiritual law is vast, far beyond our comprehension, and it responds to our expectations. Are you expecting a sign, a wonder, a miracle? As we share these three minutes of silent meditation this morning, I invite you to consider that signs, wonders, and miracles are not separate from us. Spirit works through all of creation, including us. Contemplate someone in your life who might be praying for a sign, a miracle. Perhaps is God inviting you to be that miracle?
we return our awareness now to this holy moment, to this sacred place, grateful for the miracle of life, the wonder and awe of spiritual communion, and the signs revealed through our divine inner guidance. Thank you, Creator, for everyone and for everything. As Reverend Diana continues her Teze message this morning, we breathe in the inspiration. We invite new avenues of perception. We ask spirit within to keep us ever alert, vigilant, so that we may recognize when we are in the holy presence of miracles, of signs and wonders. This meditation from Sarah Blondin speaks to me of the great mystery. Who dreamed me here? Who gave me this? What grace has blessed me with this moment and the next? Who took the small heart in me and squeezed it so hard that it beats? Who took these veins and pushed blood through them? Who asked me to wake in this dream in the quiet of the starless night? Who took my birth and sent out a wish printed on my fingers. Who kissed into my brow a name? Who can I thank for all this? It's important we not waste this appointment with life. We are here against all odds bound by the same fate, walking for only a moment, loud and able to give love to the world. There is a gift weighted down in you, trying to work its way to the surface. Finding this gift is your thanks is your note of appreciation, your offering to the feast of life. There is something hidden within you. You do not need to know its name or shape. You need only to be willing to begin the conversation with the unknown wonder of your inner life and world. So we close Teze in prayer. In the name of life and all that is sacred, we close this time together. Great mystery, 
loving creator, there is only you, dressed as all of creation. I am and can only be a perfect and intentional expression of you. My breath connects me with all that is. We are one life, forever unfolding, evolving, growing into our full potential. With the beating of my heart, I sense the love with which I am created. With the movement of my breath, I find a deep peace. The daily cycles of light and darkness remind me of the eternal nature of life the eternal nature of spirit. I trust in the joy that is inherently mine when I consciously and actively engage with life. I have faith in the wisdom that weaves this tapestry of life and in the love that guides each thread. I know that there are signs and wonders to be seen in every moment of every day both within and all around me. I move into this week with my eyes, ears, mind, and heart wide open to what is before me, giving freely of my gifts. I offer myself. I offer my life. I serve as your hands, feet, heart, and voice. I give thanks for the graceful blessings that fill my life and for the challenges that build my character, resilience, and faith. I walk in reverence, in awe, and a deep sense of gratitude as I place my faith in goodness. I thank you, Spirit, for your power and presence in my life in my heart, and giving thanks for this time of communion, giving thanks to the all that is for the all that is, I rest, knowing that all prayer is answered before it is spoken. And so it is. Amen.
makes lovers swoon as they stroll down the Champs Elysees. Chutem, they sail with a kiss in this magical my eyes leak. <laughs> I invite you to bring your awareness back into your body, noticing the room. Bring yourself back into this beautiful, magical world. Allow your gaze to move around the room, if you haven't, to see who's here with you this morning. Say good morning. So good to have you all here. Spiritual family is such an important support system. Having people that are there when you need to reach out or when you just want someone to talk to. So as we close our Teze this morning, we offer an opportunity for you to share of your financial good with this community should you choose to do so. Um, if you are online today, you can go to mysticheart.org and you'll find a donate button and you'll find our mailing address. And we thank you in advance for the many gifts that you give of all sorts to this community. It does further our work. It allows us to be even more and more out in the community doing good work. So as we do our offering this morning, I turn it back over to Dalton to raise the veil. This has a little chant in the middle of it, so when we get there, listen out, because I want you to sing along. <laughs> I'm raising the veil Between me and my God There's no separation No distance at all God is right here in my heart God is right here in my heart God is right here in my heart I'm raising the veil Between me and my God There's no separation No distance at all 
God is right here in my heart. God is right here in my heart. God is right here in my heart. I'm raising the faith. God is right here in my God is right here in my heart. God is right here in my heart. I'm raising the veil. I want to know you. Oh God, I'm raising the veil. I want to see you. Oh God. to hear you, oh God, I'm raising the veil, I want to feel you, oh God, I'm raising the veil, I want to praise you. Spirit for these gifts as they're given today, knowing that they come from source, but through the hands and hearts of these beautiful souls. So we just give thanks for all of the gifts that we are offered, and we pledge to do good work with them. And so it is. Amen. So please, whoops, turn that back on. Please consider grabbing a cup of something warm in this break and coming back have a lively conversation with us this morning. But before you do that, we're going to bless you on your way with the soul's <coughs> blessing. May your soul always find what it's looking for. May your heart always lead the way. Compassion and 
Otherwise, we'll see you back in a bit. Just welcoming this love and laughter and friendship and fun and knowing that we are in the exact and perfect place today with one another. Just welcoming the love and welcoming you, you all here this morning and knowing that everything is unfolding as it should in divine perfect timing. And together we say, and so it is. Amen. I welcome and thank Dalton for being here to lead our music this morning. Hey, 
awakening every one of us as we begin a new year together this month our our new energy that I'm feeling myself and in so many people I invite you to renew your commitment to the creation of a love-soaked world with me right now and so engaging the body allowing the presence of spirit to be felt to breathe in that presence know that it moves through you and back out into the world. It surrounds you. It fills you. It moves down through the breath into the heart, expanding the heart and preparing us to know together that we're creating a world where all humans embody and live from the qualities of spirit, from love and kindness and compassion and generosity and freedom and from this way of being, there is a deep sense of joy, a deep sense of contentment and sufficiency. All people honor and care for one another and for all life forms that are sharing this beautiful planet with us. All people care for the earth herself. We realize that we're connected to all of life, that we're dependent on the planet to sustain us, and on one another as well. Being generous by our nature and living a life true to our nature, we give of ourselves freely, offering the gifts that we came here to give. With all needs met for every person, 
Each one is free to share time and talent in ways that feed the soul. Life on Earth is a story. It's a story that we are helping to write by our every thought, word, and action. Together we envision a story where all beings are well-fed and have the safety and comfort of home, where health and education and healthy relationships are all supported by social systems grounded in wellness and wholeness, where all beings find purpose. We welcome this new way of living, valuing every being for its uniqueness. We practice living authentic lives. Integrity comes naturally as there is no need to protect or defend. With love and generosity and kindness guiding every human heart, our world is free of hatred or violence. We recognize the abundance that surrounds us and we gratefully receive all that is needed to live physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually fulfilling lives. All beings experience thriving like never before as we learn to see the sacred in everyone and everything. We walk in reverence and gratitude for all that we have been given. We maintain this vision day by day, moment by moment. We're not swayed by appearances. Each of us works to align our actions with our vision, living these changes first in our own lives with our families, our friends and neighbors, and a new world is being born right here and right now. In the process of profound change, this community stands as an open and welcoming place for all who seek support, belonging, family. By the power of our deep faith, this prayer is acted upon, answered even before it's spoken, as spirit knows our heart's desire and intent. In full expectation of its graceful unfolding, we release it to the creative power and intelligence that I call God, to the one that gets it done. And so it is. Amen. That's fun. And it's true. So we bring our awareness back into this space. So good to see you all here this morning. You've probably all hugged and danced and sung and said good morning already, but if you haven't. So our theme this month is Silent Awakening, which I borrowed from that song chorus that we just used for a chant. And the topic of this morning's um, conversation is Signs and Wonders. If you were here for Teze, you'll remember that we, we talked a bit about the signs and wonders that are present in all of the world's traditions. There are common miracles that happened all throughout those traditions. And those signs and wonders actually help to form a common thread between the different traditions. So we talked about how there are signs and wonders and miracles that pepper our lives today every day, but that we have to first believe that it's true, we have to be watching for them in expectation that they are there, 
then we'll, then we'll begin to notice them. So we don't just notice them without some attention for the most part. So for our conversation this morning, I want to pull some of the signs and wonders. I'm going to do something I haven't done in a while, and it's one of my geek out things. I'm going to go into the biblical traditions and offer us a, an opportunity to do some interpretation for ourselves of a couple of stories. When we look at these stories through our own lenses, looking for our own interpretations, we can find truth that can guide us in our world and in our lives today. So let's start with the Old Testament of the Jewish, Christian, and Islamic traditions. And you do realize that the Old Testament has those three traditions in common, right? Are you familiar with uh, the story of Moses and the burning bush? Okay, let's start there. So Moses was tending his father-in-law's sheep and led them to Mount Horeb, which was considered the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire from within a bush. The bush was on fire but was not being consumed. So it wasn't burning up. It was just burning. So God called out from within the bush, Moses, Moses, hello. Moses said, here I am. That's one interpretation. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Okay, so that's all that I'm going to give us from that story. So let's take a look at that. Does it sound to you like a literal story? Like you could interpret that literally as historically and factually happening? There's no right or wrong answers here. No. Okay, so to you, no. No. No, okay. Anybody? Aliens, Aliens? okay. All right. Okay, you think it's a metaphor? Well, uh, it seems to me that we historically, whether or not it is, but somebody, somebody, I think, yes. was thinking that it was historical. Okay, so someone thought it was historical and it was written as if that is true. So that part historically happened, the writing down of the story that was probably an oration originally. Chris? I think, uh, like in the Celestine uh, Prophecy, Okay. There might, there might have been something like that. Okay. So we all have different lenses. Are we all in agreement that this is okay? Yeah. That this is normal and natural and that we all have the right to our lenses? Okay. Forward we go then. So what might it mean for us today? Let's look at different pieces. How about the burning bush? Any? Silly Simon. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> again. It was definitely catch your, catch your uh, whatever, you know. You're walking down and all of a sudden uh -huh. you see a burning bush, you're going to notice it. Okay. So it catches your Something attention. Something that catches your attention. Yeah. Okay. Spirit. Spirit. Right there. Okay. Anything else that comes to mind with that? Not that that's not all fine, just the way it is, but Chris? Well, the spirit is formless, bodiless, so okay. it, it, it kind of gave Moses a focus, some, some place to 
to look while he's conversing with spirit. Okay, so provided a focus. It made him. It made him notice. Take notice. We and mm-hmm. kind of adding going outside the story. Yeah. We we know that in the Old Testament, God is frequently depicted in in fire in some. Yes. So, okay. So it's kind of kind of God letting us know that that's that's who's there. Okay. God speaking up to human being that's present or humanity in general saying, I'm here. Notice me. Pay attention. So what about the fact that the bush... Oh, go ahead. Could it be a a dream that somebody had? Hmm, Yeah. From all their spiritual work in their life? Could be, yeah. Sure. Could have been a dream someone had and wrote down. A lot of truth teaching, it comes to us through dreams, right? And has throughout history. So what about the fact that it was burning, but not being consumed? Why would that be? Because it was spirit. Okay, because it was spirit. Spirit's never consumed. Eternal. Eternal. Well, God is, can, is part of his part of nature. He's okay. all natures and so he can he can bring destruction through fire, but he can also bring renewal through all right. That. So there's kind of continuous. So it's the cycle of destruction and re- or breaking down and and reconstructing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eternal. Eternal. David and then Sharif. It was kind of like an all day log. Kind of like an all-day log. <laughs> sure. I was just thinking, you know, the teaching of that, of how many times when, you know, we're, we're thinking we're meeting our destruction, mm-hmm. but we're not consumed by it. Okay. Feels like it, but yeah. we're not. Yeah. <laughs> it might feel like it. We might expect it to be, but it's not consuming us. We're actually surviving it. That eternal fire within, you know, burning. Okay. Constant, you know, eternal never fire ends. within it. It always there, never leaves. Also, it comes. Chris. Maybe a, a parallel with the, the uh, myth of the phoenix bird. Okay. Could be a parallel. Out of the ashes. Yeah. Okay. Myth of the phoenix. My mind goes back to what you said about things that grab your attention as well. And if you think about, there, I don't know about for you, but for me there's never any shortage of things that try to grab my attention. So that's kind of an unending cycle of you know, attention grabbing. So at that level. How about the angel of the Lord? What's that about? The angel of the Lord speaks. It says, Moses, Moses. Where are you? What's this angel? There's some, well, it's hard to understand because there's so many angels. Okay. They're out there. Satan is an angel, so to speak, out there. So okay. I don't know how to explain that one. All right. <coughs> well, God, again, getting outside the story, there's yeah. other places where God is depicted as an angel. Yeah. Wrestles with Jacob, and mm-hmm. um, that's one story. But so basically, I think it's it, the way I look at it is that it's God being personified okay. as somebody that we can see tangibly versus all right. this all 
and building things. So. Okay, so God personified. Messenger of God. Huh? Messenger of God. Messenger of God. For all this stuff, I always think of uh, how somebody would communicate something. They had a strange experience that was sort of a little bit outside of their normal context, and they had to put it into words with personification and with this. So, like, you've got a, a limited sort of yes. cultural imagination for, mm -hmm. I saw a str an uncanny roiling light that was really bright and something. And you say, well, oh, it was a bit like fire, and but it didn't sort of eat the thing. And, Oh, I saw some some presence that seemed to be sort of speaking. It's like, well, it's a, it's a sort of be a, a figure, and he was sort of saying things. You know, it's mm -hmm. like a way of trying to sort of condense something that's way outside your context and, and make it intelligible to other people. Okay, good. Thank you. Okay. So I have a question. Okay. Om Shanti. Om is accepted as. The, the voice or the sound of the universe. Sweet. And Shanti is peace. Ah. Peace in the universe. Peace flowing through the universe. Good ah. question. Which, Good question. Okay. Chris. I've always seen the uh, uh, conversation between Moses and God as uh, Mo's intuition. It's <laughs> hey, Mo. Hey, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so intuition. No? Oh, okay, thought I saw. So when, when, quote, metaphysicians look at this, they tend to want to call any angel that is presented some kind of a form of thought or a feeling or an intuition. So that's another way that it can be looked at. So an angel of the Lord would be closer to a, an inner wisdom, an inner knowing, an intuition, whereas other kinds of angels might represent other kinds of thoughts or feelings. So that's another lens that you can look through. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I can't remember off the top of my head the verbiage of the Old Testament specifically. I don't know if Holy Spirit is used, but mm -hmm. that's what I keep coming back to. Okay. Holy Spirit descends in the form of a communication, which okay. can be light, sound, voice, right? Anything yes. Anything. Okay, so Holy Spirit descending. Mm -hmm. Nice. Even contemporary people very often kind of reify out of context experiences like this in terms of figures, lights. I felt a presence, right. I heard a voice. I so people definitely have these experiences. Yeah. Sometimes they'll sort of say it was aliens or something, but they'll. They'll right. grab onto whatever the nearest cultural reference yeah. is to explain this thing. Right, and they, they have to come through their own perceptive lenses because yeah. that's what we have, right? Well, it could be a result of prayer. Okay. Prayer. Could be the result of prayer. Yeah, that they have a messenger. Yeah. In the form of an angel. Okay. So it could be that. So did Moses need to tell God where he was? No. Do you suppose? <laughs> no. No. GPS. GPS. So then why did he say, here I am, or I am here? Maybe to let God know that he was paying attention. Okay. I'm paying attention. You've got my attention. Okay. <coughs> Any other thoughts? Yeah, I think about? it was an acknowledgement. Okay. That he, he recognized that he was being spoken to. And that All right. He was ready to, ready to hear. I'm ready to hear. I'm paying attention. You got my attention. Anybody in this room other than me have an experience that got your attention? Yeah. And you were finally ready to pay attention. 
Yeah, I had one of those this week. <laughs> Again. Go ahead. Well, I think once it got his attention, then he said, okay, whatever you want. I think he just surrendered to whatever was okay. going to be called forth from him at that moment. All right. So, all right, here I am. I'm surrendering. Bring it on. Bring it on. What about the taking off of the sandals? Cleaning those. Clean. Okay. Clean. Cleanliness. Grounded. Grounded. Earthy. Earthy. Sign of, a sign of respect. Sign of respect. I also think it was, you know, I think we often think of it as kind of somehow there was a purification of taking out the sandals, but it was also him connecting. Okay. So he's now directly in contact with the ground that got us kind of around there. So okay. So it's a way of it's, connecting. It's, it's, it's a, so, I mean, he doesn't need to do that, but it's kind of like God, okay, I really want you to know what's going on here. Right. Pay attention. Okay. You're going to be in direct contact here. So. Yeah. I got you by the soles of your feet here. Go ahead. <laughs> so if you walk in sandals, the whole world is covered with weather. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're removing a separation, yeah. a layer of separation between you and... The planet, you and the earth, you and spirit, you and God. Bringing you closer. Yeah, bringing you closer. <laughs> I think it's also an acknowledgement that something special is going on right here, right now. Okay. And it just, you know, I, I need to change myself to rise to this occasion. Okay, so I need to change something in myself to rise to the occasion of the thing that's happening right now. Also, in Jewish tradition, you basically would remove your sandals probably other Eastern traditions, yes. but you would walk into somebody's house, you would take your shoes off. Right. Because yeah. that, was, that was honoring them. Yeah. And so... You know, not bringing your garbage with you. Yeah. So or I the think, dirt. I think that was kind of like, God said, come into my house. Okay. So. so come in. Take off your shoes. Stay a while. Stay forever. So I'm going to share just a brief interpretation, not because it's correct, but because it's one that grabbed me this week. Thank you. Um, I began reading a book called Mary Magdalene Revealed by Megan Watterson this week. Blown my literal socks off. Well, no, they're on. But So... Um, so I'm just going to ask some questions. Some of this is questions excerpted from her ideas. There are a few direct quotes. And if you look at the transcript online later, you'll see what's what. I did attribute where it's appropriate. So what if the bush never really spoke to Moses? What, um, not what, we. We would probably, we might agree that this is true, factually true that a bush probably didn't speak to a man. Well, we might believe it did. But she says, what if? What if? So what if everything that happened in the story was really taking place within Moses? And is something that happens all the time within each of us, within the human heart? Hmm. What if Moses hears the message about holy ground when he stops long enough to pay attention and notice. And he notices not an actual burning bush, but the presence of love 
that has a message for him that is revealed from within his own heart. What if the burning bush is symbolic of anything in our lives that disrupts us from our habituated routine, from the monotony of our every day, and allows us to return once again to the presence of love? She goes on to say that it takes effort, and this is a quote, to remember that no matter what we are doing or who we are with or where we are in the world, the ground is made instantly holy the minute we are present enough to hear the presence of love. Yes. And how does she interpret the angel of the Lord? She calls it the voice of the soul, the presence of love, the sound of silence. She says that we each contain this voice when we are still enough to listen and then to receive, to hear. Another quote, the most sacred voice we can ever hear doesn't have a voice at all. End quote. This truth has been hidden from us by our religious traditions. What has been hidden from us has been hidden within us, she says. You can hear the author chuckle. I have this on audio. She chuckles as she reads this. Moses introduces himself to the bush in response to this incendiary voice that was actually <coughs> sounding from inside him. Moses knows who he is. He says his own name. This voice of love within us is the truth of who we are. We know who we are. This is how we can move in the world. We can identify with this miraculous and unexpected and uncontrollable and mysterious and angelic voice of love that's within us. We can do that. We can identify with the burning bush engulfed by flames, but never consumed by them. In this way, we can live out what has been hidden from us. That's a pretty cool interpretation. Any thoughts about that, David? You know, I, from experiences I've had, I realize that there <clears throat> things you might experience, there are no words to explain. Okay, yeah, that so, happens a lot. So maybe that's what you use as a, as a burning bush, but really right. it was a you know, light of God coming through. Right, yeah. And, and so you're just trying to find language to... Yeah express it. And she's saying that this has been hidden within us all along, this divine spark. It's the truth of who we are. When I was little, I used to hear this sound in my head, and it used to scare me because it would just, like, envelop me mm -hmm. to where I felt like it was taking over. And it used to really frighten me. And when I grew up, I could still hear it, but I would ignore it. And I talked to a friend of mine about it, and he laughed. He goes, that's the sound of God you're hearing. <laughs> and so now when I meditate, I can hear it, and it's very, it's like true love. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like a humming, like maybe even it's the blood going through your head, mm -hmm. but it's always there. You just, yeah. you're so busy, you don't hear it. And when I meditate, I do. And so it's, that's what I think 
I'm trying to, what, that's what I feel that you're mm -hmm. saying, is that sound is silence, but it's not words, but it's but just... It's the God within you yes. that you feel more than hear. Right. Yeah. Brenda? Uh, the Tree of Life jewelry has become very popular recently, and it sort of symbolize, symbolizes the body, mm -hmm. and they probably didn't have trees over there, but a bush would symbolize yeah. your internal pieces. Your internal pieces. <laughs> your internal self. What I like yes. about that whole imagery that she's interpreting is the idea of the fire, um, the fire in us, the passion in us, the actionable, <coughs> then juxtaposing that with the angel, the peace, the darkness, the quiet, the silence, and then setting <coughs> the true self, the higher self, the person in between those two, and being yeah. able to walk and move between those two different ways of being in the world. Yes, beautiful. Yeah, the passionate part of ourselves, the motivated part, the excited part, <coughs> sometimes the angry part, sometimes the very just uh, worked up in some way, in balance, walking in balance with the peace, the groundedness, the connection. What you just said, it reminds me of last week when I brought up the idea of tapas, which mm -hmm. is that the austerities that we do, the practices that we do that bring the internal heat for purification. Right. Because that's what fire does, is purify, and that's what brings yeah. peace. Yes. So, so it's really okay to be a scriptural geek. <laughs> and you can really find some depth in there when you go diving, whether it's the biblical scriptures or whether it's the Upanishads or whatever it is that you choose to read and study, there's truth woven all through there. And it's kind of interesting to see what we can pull out. I'm ahead of time-wise, I mean, later than I thought I'd be, but I'd like to bring up really briefly one more short story from the New Testament. There's a story of Jesus calming the storm are you familiar with that one? It goes something like this. Jesus and his disciples leave the crowd to go to the boat, their boat. They're, some of them are fishermen. And the boat is at the shoreline. Some translations call it the sea. Some, or one, one of the verses calls it the sea. One calls it a lake. But they're at the water. Once they were on the boat and began crossing the water, Jesus fell asleep. A little while after that, a storm comes up. The winds start to blow. The water, the waves is going crazy, and it's tossing the boat all over the place. And the disciples are freaking out. They're afraid of going under, of dying, of being taken down by the storm. And they wake Jesus up, and they're like, how can this dude sleep? I mean, what is happening here? How can he sleep? Don't you care? We're all going to die. This story is actually in all four of the Gospels. Different words than that, but we're going to perish. And he looks up and he basically says, what are you afraid of? Where's your faith? What? 
He rebuked the wind. He said to the water, Peace be still, and the wind stopped. There was a great calm, and the disciples feared the great power that they had witnessed in that act. Okay. Any thoughts about, let's look at some different pieces in that story. Why, why a boat? Again, no right or wrong answers. Thoughts about what the boat might represent if you were looking through a mythological or metaphysical lens. It's a vehicle for travel. Okay, a vehicle for travel. Could be our bodies. Metaphor for a vessel. Okay, metaphor for a vessel or our bodies. Our lives. Our lives. Okay. Nice. Some might even say instead of the whole body, maybe the mind or the heart or the combination of the two. And it has to remain stable for you to be safe. Okay, and it has to remain stable for you to feel safe, for you to feel safety. So what about the disciples? What might they represent? Monkey mind. Okay, monkey mind. Monkey mind, yes. All the opinions out there. All the opinions out there. Which is? Doubt or lack of faith, which creeps in sometimes when I'm not paying attention. Doubt or lack of faith, which creeps in. I was just going to say, which is even more remarkable because there's so many fishermen among them that they've, who's, I mean, they must have been in a storm on the lake lake before. It's like, why is that all of a sudden a problem now? Yeah. There's a, a metaphysical viewpoint that, say the, uh, that says the disciples were some of the aspects of, of Jesus, of okay. his human aspects. But I, I think in this story, they represent uh, humanity, right. uh, our, our human side that's not, not necessarily connected with spirit and, and trusting and, okay. and faith, having faith in that. So representing our human faculties. Okay. What about the water? Emotion. Okay. Emotion. Experience. Experience. Because because it it's moving right. There's waves on that water. Go up and down. Up and down. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Up and down of life. Okay. Things yes, and things come life. rushing at you. Okay. You know experiences. Kind of, I don't know. I always, I kind of think of, kind of like a, uh, a, a mass, a kind of a weight of kind of things that are under you that uh, maybe you, you think are are stable, but maybe they're not as stable as you think they are. Okay. So, so the, the floor of the boat sure feels stable, but not once the water starts moving. Not as stable as you thought. So there are some who would call the water the human mind or the human heart, um, both conscious and subconscious, that which is under you that you're not really aware of. Um, the thoughts, the heart, the soul, all of those things have been interpreted by lots of people over time. What about the wind or the storm? Change. Change. 
circumstances. Circumstances. Emotional turbulence. Emotional turbulence. Uncertainty. Uncertainty. Yeah. So gen the general unrest of our minds and hearts as we move through unpredictable times. David? Well, from being a sailor, the wind was always my friend. Mm -hmm. And it, it, um, it propelled me. So right. it was, uh, depending on how it's affecting you, yeah. again, the mind we have to judge <coughs> what is happening with the wind determines whether it's a positive or negative. Okay. okay. Just so with change, right? Yeah. Catalyst. Yeah, it's a catalyst. Okay, nice. So the boat starts to fill with water. How do we interpret this? Panic. Panic. <laughs> Overcome with emotion. Overcome with emotion. Actually being out of control. Out of control. Overwhelmed. Something wrong with the vehicle. If something it's my body, I'm sick. If it's my car, okay. I've got a flat tire or something. Like that. All right, we, we got a problem with the vehicle here. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it important that Jesus falls asleep? What's that pointing to in your mind, in your heart? Peace. Peace and calm. Faith. Faith. What was that? Oh, does it come um, out? I mean, to me, it's like a, like you fall asleep, your lack of awareness. You slip, okay. on, slip under for a few minutes <clears throat> and forget the faith and trust that you could live in. <laughs> Did that appear to be the place he was coming from, though, when he woke up? Yeah, okay. Re reboot. Reboot, yeah. Okay, reboot. Oh, ambient. Ambient? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think we're probably at our most placid when we're still asleep, right? Okay. So, so I think it, uh, it kind of shows that he's as relaxed as, as relaxed as he can be, basically, yeah. in that situation. Very, very peaceful. Actually, he was human. <clears throat> it kind of showed that he was human. He had to take a nap. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. and I feel there's um, a calmness in the middle of the storm. Mm -hmm. that's based on that faith and that knowing that it's like knowing the ending of the story that mm -hmm. there's nothing to fear okay. so yeah there, there appeared to be no disturbance of mind or heart there I mean I don't know what human I guess you could fall asleep with a disturbed mind and heart I can but I guess well, that could be asleep and be aware you can be asleep and be aware. Mm -hmm. Okay. <coughs> What's going on around me when I fall asleep? All right. Okay, David. You know, it seems to me that uh, a lot of uh, the practice or meditation or chanting mm -hmm. or whatever you do is what brings you to full awareness of the situation, and you're not just hip having you know by the mind going, oh, this is terrible, and this yeah. is So that brings you calmness in the okay. storm. All right, so calmness in the storm. So then what about the chaos that ensues with the disciples? <laughs> What's that about? 
I mean, he's like, what? Fear to die. What is the problem? They're afraid to die. Okay, they're afraid, so there's fear. Mm -hmm. None of us ever experiences fear, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no fear, I'm fearless. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of fear. And we have reason in our lives, you know. We hear news, we watch news, we see things happen around us, we feel what we feel. We're human. Sometimes it gets the best of us, right? What does it mean to rebuke? He rebukes the wind. Tells it it has no control. Okay. Tells it it has no control. Knock it off. To knock it off? <laughs> uh, to me it means he's basically saying what you're doing is wrong. Okay, what you're doing is wrong. <coughs> When I looked up this word, it pointed from its roots to, to censure or admonish with the intention of restraining. Mm -hmm. so, every intention that it was going to be paying attention to his word, to his knowing, mm -hmm. to his command. And he knew that it would do it. He, knew, he, knew, the it do it. he knew the wind would obey him. Yeah. So peace be still was not a request. It wasn't a plea. It was a command. It was a command. Okay. Well, I've, and you know this, but I've always thought that um, he didn't rebuke the wind, and he—I I think he addressed that to the apostles who were <laughs> freaking out over That's the original mountain out of a molehill story. You know, they're making a big deal out of a, a, a small storm, and I think he. he was trying to get them back, bring it back into perspective. This is not okay. a life-threatening situation. Yeah. So it can it can point inward to us that that when we can come back to that, you know, peace be still, and bring ourselves back to center, then that thing that was in front of us that felt so big can shrink in its uh, in its upset, in its importance. And it's, you know, in the big scheme of things, how big a deal is this? So, can I come back to yeah. my understanding of the sleeping piece? Uh -huh. Is that he was asleep, but he was actually awake, okay. and the disciples were awake, but they were actually asleep. Oh, <laughs> nice. And so, in yoga, it's talked about how the dream state is not a state of unawareness, yeah. right? And like when we're awake, actually, we could be sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And when we die is really when we're alive. Oh. <laughs> we're alive it's really when we're dead. <laughs> I like the paradox. <laughs> Spirituality is just full of paradox. Yes. You have to be able to take both sides. So anybody, just to wrap up, because I know I'm taking us over. Eh, oh well. Anybody want to offer uh, just a brief summary of what this story in total says to you or means to you or might point out to us? It means so much more to me now. <laughs> <laughs> so much more than it did when I walked in the door. Yeah. I just think it wants to show us how powerful we truly are okay. and it's what we believe and what we perceive and that we can change that perception <coughs> to just be in the present moment and be at peace, and that's a choice. All right. Thank you.
Well, my thing on that was, is, like I was saying before, we, we sometimes get so involved in what's going on out there. Mm -hmm. And for us to wake up and realize what we're doing and go, stop, I'm not going to be there anymore. And like Kimberly said, it is a choice. We always have choices. Yes, that's true. And, and in order to make choices, we must know that we are at choice. Right. And there to does know come that. a point in our human development, or might, in our lives where we didn't think we had any choices. And as long as we don't believe we have choices, effectively we don't really have choices, even though we're making them all the time. In there. So at some point we come to understand and appreciate and own that we do have choice, maybe not in what's going on around us, because we're not creating in a vacuum, everybody's creating all <coughs> around us. So what we're faced with might just be what we're faced with. So our choice comes in, how do I receive what I'm faced with? How do I experience it? What do I do with it? Who am I? Who do I be? in this circumstance, in this relationship, in whatever is happening in our lives. Am I responding or reacting? Am I responding or reacting? That's one choice that can be made consciously, or we can notice that unconsciously we've made another choice. I think one of the pieces, and this may be a sudden distinction, but one of the pieces that sticks out to me in that story is that there is a period in the telling of the story where the disciples are freaking out. Yes. And the disciples are trying to wake yes. the peace. And if we look at that from a tantric or a bhakti standpoint, the idea of not um, repressing or not honoring our emotions versus being willing to sit in those emotions. Yes. And then, as we move through it, awaken the peace. And I think we often dishonor ourselves when we, you know, just want to, well, I'm not going to think that way anymore. So, so the whole process of moving through the emotion and the pain and the suffering and being okay with that as we move towards waking the peace. That's really, really important to be awake and aware to what you're feeling and experiencing, to own that as well, and to allow yourself to move through it, because that is a natural process for human beings. And the ocean, there's, that, there's a feeling of, there's some sort of surrender that has to happen. Yeah, in that process. There's a feeling of that in that story. Right. It's huge. <coughs> Piggybacking on what Angela was saying, um, if, you, if you see Jesus as a human representation of Christ consciousness, then it kind of shows us that <clears throat> that Christ consciousness allows us to move in that direction of peace and right. in, in any situation. It, you know, it doesn't give us, it doesn't mean that it's, a, it's like that, but it's, right. it's, a, it's an ability, it's a, our spirit is able to, because of the Christ consciousness, is able to move us forward in that. So. Right, to move us through those feelings and emotions to eventually put down the fear. <coughs> I was just going to say what Angela was talking about reminded me of the idea of spiritual bypass. We, mm -hmm. we often deny what we're feeling and, and right. just go, well, well, 
the Christ is here, peace is here, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna focus on that. But but that stuff does not go away. <laughs> so right. you, have yeah. to, you have to work through it. You have to work through so it. I appreciate that, Angela. Yeah. All right. So this has been really fun. I haven't gotten to geek out with scripture in a while. So thank you all for joining me in that today. Um, I'm gonna join join me in closing with. I'm actually going to go, I did win all Bible, now I'm going to go all Ernest Holmes on you. <laughs> um, I found a prayer, one of my favorites of his prayers, that I wanted to use in closing today. So it's written in the spirit of faith that I, I believe Jesus was expressing in that last story. So join me in addressing the spirit, the Christ consciousness within you. I am complete in thee. Almighty God, everlasting good, eternal spirit, maker of all things and keeper of my life, thou art all. Infinite presence within, in whom all live. Joy supreme, flooding all with gladness. I adore thee. Eternal peace, undisturbed and quiet. I feel thy calm. O thou who dost inhabit eternity and dost dwell within all creation, who dost live through all things and in all people, hear thou my prayer. I would enter thy gates with joy and live at peace in thy house. I would find a resting place in thee and in thy presence live. Make me to do thy will, and from thy wisdom teach me the ways of truth. Compel me to follow thee, and let me not pursue the paths of my own counsel. I am renewed and refreshed. My whole being responds to thy love, and I am complete in thee. All my ways are guarded and guided, and I shall live with thee eternally. O lover of my soul and keeper of my spirit, none can separate us, for we are one. so shall thy wisdom guide me. Thy presence dwell within me. Thy love keep me, and thy life envelop me now and forevermore. I rest in thee. Amen. Hmm. So.
So take a moment to allow your awareness to return to the space. Welcome back. <laughs> it's been a really good week honoring some of the traditions I haven't delved into in a while. I sort of move around in my own studies and interactions. So thank you for joining me in that. I invite you now to join in the celebration of the work that we're doing in the world by sharing of your financial good, should you choose to do that. If you're at home, you can go to mysticheart.org and you'll find a donate button. You'll also find a mailing address, a P.O. box. And as we allow time for this unfolding, I, I just give thanks for all of the gifts that come forth. Uh, I know they are gifts of spirit, but they come through you. They come through your hearts and your hands. So we haven't missed that. We honor that. Thank you. So we're going to turn this over to Dalton. He's going to share with you uh, another song. I'll let you introduce it. When a child believes he'll live his dreams, his prayers are heard, he fears no thunder. When he falls, he safely lands, guided by invisible hands. When a mother cries, she hides her tears, says the Lord provides, but she can't help but wonder who will give a child what his heart demands. Oh, Lost in the darkness, we are lifted by love, whisper, and somebody hears. And if we dare to make that leap of faith, somehow the bridge appears. When a silent storm knocks me down, and the time and tide they pull me under, I'll stand again on these shifting sands, held by darkness we are lifted by love whisper and somebody hears and if we dare to make that leap of faith somehow the bridge appears when a child believes he'll live his dreams his prayers are heard he fears no thunder and when he falls he safely lands Guided by invisible hands Oh, oh, invisible hands Oh, oh, invisible hands Oh, oh, invisible hands Oh, oh, invisible hands Invisible hands Invisible hands 
Knowing that God's hands also move through you as you. So in this space, just so grateful for each one of you here and your sharing of your time and talent and treasure. Knowing that you are a blessing and receiving these blessings, I simply say, and so it is. And then uh, please stand for a closing song. <laughs> All together, hand in hand, see the light, we take a stand, and we are changing. A whole new life for you and me, take it fast and set it free, and share this blessing. Love me with you, peace and holy. Spirit lift you, breathe it in. Truth come through you, bigger flow to you. Let joy renew you until we meet again. Love being with you. All together, hand in hand, see the light, we take a stand, and we are changing. A whole new life for you and me, take it fast and set it free, and share this blessing. Love me with you, peace enfold you, spirit lift you, breathe it in. Truth come through you, make good flow to you, let joy renew you, until we meet again. Love being with you. Join us next door. We have a pretty good-looking lunch over there.